For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello and welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a production of Social Media Examiner. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host today is Kim Reynolds, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We cover social media news that broke in the last few days. This show is brought to you by Social Media Marketing World. You can find out more at smmw18.com. On today's show, we're going to explore YouTube monetization and partnership changes with Steve Dotto, Instagram stories updates with Jeff C., and more breaking social media marketing news of the week. Before we talk about that, I want to say, hey, If you're watching this on Facebook, share it on Facebook. If you're listening to this as a podcast, hit that share button in whatever your player is. And wherever you're listening, watching, whatever, hit share. Let people know they can watch this live if they get a chance or watch the replay. Also, if you have questions, drop those in on Facebook, on Crowdcast, wherever. We will try to incorporate those into the show. And with that, let me welcome you, Steve Dotto, to the show. Welcome back. Hey, how are you doing? Doing great. You look good. Thank you. It was a little. It was a little touch and go. I'm on a mobility. Just so people know, technically, I'm on my iPhone using the Crowdcast app. Yeah. At a convention center, and I'm, I've got a speaking gig coming up in a few minutes. This is awesome. It's a. It's a pretty good app. Yeah, you've good. got a. You've got a good uh, camera. You got a good um, sound coming. So. And I'm on a 4G connection. I'm not using the yes. Wi-Fi because the Wi-Fi here sucks. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. So. So yeah, YouTube news. So YouTube yeah. has announced tougher policies around monetization yeah. and partnerships. And a lot of people kind of got angry about this. Um, there's probably multiple sides to the story. But what's first, what's the news here? Well, the, the, the big deal is that YouTube has modified their policies as far as who can monetize and when you can monetize. But it's part of an overall strategy that YouTube's doing to try and make their videos more advertiser friendly here's the issue and and it kind of is it's it's bad timing to a certain extent because youtube over the past uh two or three months has had several of its premium uh youtube content creators pretty much stick their foot in their mouth (laughs) and create some content which was entirely inappropriate and but because of the way that the advertising is tied to youtube ads the premium advertisers were running ads against this content, which they would were not happy to. Mm. Now, this is because of the unfettered nature of YouTube. Back in the day when we were doing television, we had the FCC in the States or the CRTC in Canada that set standards for the type of content and the quality of content that we put on and what was appropriate for family, what was appropriate for different, even different times of the day had different types of content that could be applied in the television program. Right. And advertisers knew intimately what sort of what sort of uh, the morality of the product that they were going to be running their ads against in the, in their world, they need that control because they don't want to be painted against something that is inappropriate. So YouTube in order to grow up as an advertising medium had to set, had to find some way to rein in control over the content that is being delivered, especially by these top, these top producing uh, channels. So this overhaul basically was a big part of it. The biggest part of it was that was, was getting control of that whole situation and making sure that they uh, regained a form of a level of control over top of the top advertisers. But the trickle down effect to the smallest advertisers had a, a very profound effect because it really changed their landscape and changed their world. And that's where all the noise came from. You don't hear a lot of noise from the top few content creators because they certainly understand what's going on and they get it. They understand where their money is coming from. But as a result of this, YouTube also overhauled uh, their, uh, the, the lower end, where it used to just require, I think, uh, it was something like 4,000 uh, minutes viewed or something like that, or 4,000 views on a video uh, for you to be able to monetize your channel. Now they've said you have to have 1,000 subscribers 
And I think it's 4,000. Now it's 4,000 right. hours viewed in a quarter. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but the bottom line is that it's making it far more difficult for those small creators to monetize. Now, 99% or 90 or 90% of content creators are not affected by this. And 90% of the ones that are affected by it make less than $100 a year or in the vast majority of those under $2.50 a month mm. from the monetization. So it's not a big economic thing, but what it does is it's made the smaller content creators. First of all, it's, it's, it's told a lot of them who had, you know, the ability to run ads and, and there was that kind of the promise of making money and the excitement of getting to that first YouTube paycheck. It's taken that dream away to a certain extent, but in reality, I personally, I don't think that it's going to hurt legitimate, our community, the community of people on the, that are watching the show, because you are going, anybody that's going to be getting into YouTube and kind of promoting their product in our space is serious about it. And they want to have, uh, they want to have a quality product and they're going to be able to grow and ultimately meet those criteria. It, what it does, what this does is it's a stress test. If your channel is good, if it has value, if it has legs and it has the potential to be a real serious channel, I think still you're going to be able to become a real serious channel. But what it's going to do is it's going to pull a lot of the fluff away. You're not going to be going to those small channels and uh, you're not going to be uh, having ads as early from smaller channels. Sure. So a lot of people, but, but ego just to the, you know, to kind of, crushing people's dreams is sort of what YouTube did, right? <laughs> I mean, if you think, I mean, there's lots of 15-year-olds or 20-year-olds or 30-year-olds who have been, you know, struggling along with a small channel that earns, you know, 7 or 8 or $10 a month. And all of a sudden, you know, they were getting to that first payout, that first $100 where they're actually going to get a check from YouTube, which, you know, it's not always about the money, yeah. right? It's about the reward. And so those dreams were crushing. That's where a lot of the, that's where a lot of the anger online has come from. So I've got the official totals or, or numbers, the stats right here. It, it used to be that it was 10,000 total views. Um, mm -hmm. It used to be 10,000 total views. And now they've said that it is that new channels will have to have 1,000 subscribers and yes. 4,000 hours of watch time within the past 12 months to be eligible. So that could so be any time in that 12-month yeah. period. Yeah. And by adding two criteria yes they stop the opportunity for people to pad their account mm -hmm. right i mean you know there's always been the you know they kind of sub for a sub you know you subscribe to my channel i'll subscribe to your channel even though i'm right. not actually interested in the content and that sort of stuff so the, having dual criteria eliminates that because it's like okay i gotta sub and i gotta watch three hours of your content now, but I, I got to ask, you know, they say that this is going to be we will be, quote, they they will begin enforcing these new requirements for existing channels beginning February 20th, 2018. Yeah. And I'm looking at the calendar and that's about three weeks away. I mean, in three weeks, somebody could get a good headway on that if they, you know, they've yeah. known this. This news is about a week, week and a half old now. So they've had about a month to kind of get that head start if their dreams weren't so crushed that they, you know, decided to just turn in the, turn in the video camera. They'd give it up. Yes. Yeah. Well, we've seen a lot of churn in our community. We've seen a lot of people in our community saying, Oh geez, I'm close. And now they're starting to, you know, kind of proselytize their mm. channel to a certain extent. There's nothing wrong with that. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Get over the threshold. If you, yeah. you know, if you're going to take it seriously, get over the threshold. But you know, the bottom line is if you can't get over that threshold, uh, do you have a product that should be, in the monetization space anyways. Yeah, I, well, I realize that's a little bit more hard. Yeah. A, a little bit harsh to say. True. But, the other thing is, is that that's literally, that's the starting point for these new rules. So, you know, Hey, if you're just getting started, get started anyway, as a creator, because right. say you don't meet the requirements right away. You weren't going to meet 10,000 views right away either. When you got started, it yeah. was going to take you a while to get there. It's now just different criteria. And now you know what you're doing. You're up against and you just start working towards those two goals instead of one. And they aren't just they aren't just putting their thumb on the small creators. Us mid-sized creators, I've noticed a, a large number of my videos when I first post them and I monetize them. They say it's not suitable for monetization. And I'm going to say, what? I thought it's all suitable <laughs> for monetization. And so I, I appeal it. And they say, we got to wait till it has a thousand views before we'll even put it through the appeal process now, which is, you know, which isn't really a big issue for me. But at the end of the day, 
uh, it gets evaluated and then it gets put into the system. They're just trying to clean things up. They're trying to create more value. And the bottom line is if they can create more, engender more trust with our advertisers, then the advertising rates can increase and, you know, we can have a rising tide, mm-hmm. but we all have to, we all have to play ball. And, and because there's so much content out there and so much of it's auto published and we don't have professional producers and people saying, you know, this is appropriate. This isn't appropriate. Right. Finding ways to police this content to make it viable for monetization is the challenge that YouTube is trying to address. Could they do a better job? Absolutely. Could they do a worse job? Sure. There's Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this isn't the only YouTube news. There was other news in terms of YouTube expanding their official artist channels to include yes. all subscribers. So inform us a little bit. What does this mean? So this is for music. Uh, this is for the music uh, area, which, you know, my music channel has fallen flat on its face. Nobody <laughs> wants to see Steve singing karaoke. So, I, you know, I haven't actually I haven't actually got to participate in this. But the bot, what they're doing is they're creating a richer social environment for musicians and for their fans where they can gain access to a lot more kind of <clears throat> inner circle stuff, the lyrics of their songs, that sort of stuff through the official creator channel. So rather than just having the YouTube uh, content creator, the musician in a regular channel, these content channels for musicians have additional assets that can be brought to bear. And it's wonderful. But what they're doing is they're setting the stage. Make no mistake. They're setting the stage for to monetize this entire space. And uh, by, 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 by giving extra value to the musicians and to the community, they're setting, they're setting the stage for them to be able, for us to be able to purchase subscriptions and, and that sort of stuff within that space. Very interesting. Yeah. So I think what it seems like is there, there, you know, there are unofficial artist channels out there and this is interesting. I mean, this is almost like that whole, there's an, there's a, an unofficial Facebook page for a business out there. And then there's, the, then the official one gets created, you know, and I've been in this position where I've created the official one and now I go to quote Facebook and I appeal and say, Hey, those people over there, I want to merge them onto my page. And this is effectively when I read through this, what they're doing. Yes. And, and, and I guess people will be clawing back if, if the unofficial page doesn't, isn't the right of the band isn't, is done by fan group as opposed to the right uh, sports fans. It gives them, yeah, that's a really great point. And it's one that I hadn't actually thought through Eric. So they, it gives them a chance to claw back. And I bet you there's going to be some real, there'll be some conflict at that point as well with ownership. I'm sure there will, because there's going to be some, I mean, there, there are probably some channels out there that are fan based, fan made and, no, they, you know, it, th- those people already probably subscribe to both channels. In other words, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's, but it's all about YouTube. I mean, these mechanisms that they're putting in place, you know, having access to the lyrics, you know, the, uh, you know, you know, inside videos, that sort of stuff. It's all about, it's all about creating a, a tighter, it's all about weaving a more of a social aspect mm-hmm. to it which ultimately they're going to be looking to monetize. So if you think about, you know, the sort of assets that you could, you know, the, the fact that you can now download the lyrics and tie the songs, they can pre-release songs, all that. You know, in a, another area that this will affect would be ultimately a group like Patreon. Yes. Where the fans might be starting to get early access. This gives the, the music creators a channel, uh, especially if they can monetize it, you know, they can monetize it directly with those supporters, with those super fans. It, it'll, it'll ultimately give them an ability to kind of push that crowdfunding model into it as well definitely yeah well i'm sure these are just the two these are just the first two announcements from youtube to come out of 2018 i'm guessing there's going to be more soon when it comes to uh you know maybe in the next four weeks by the time people see you at social media marketing world give us a taste what are you speaking on at the conference i oh (laughs) i am rewriting my talk as we speak because it's sometimes you have to youtube yes it's how to make money on YouTube. So yeah, it's just I'm back. I'm going to go work on the slides right now. You've just caused my anxiety level to go up about seven <laughs> levels. But if anything else, you're pointing out the fact that our speakers are on top of it and are doing last minute changes because stuff changes so quickly. And that's why people have to be at Social Media Marketing World. So thank you, Steve. Where, where else can people find you other than at SMMW? Everywhere at Dottotech. Awesome. And Kim. Yes. Happy birthday. A big hug coming your way. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Steve. See you later. Take care. Awesome. Always good to see Steve. Uh, in a second, we will bring up uh, Jeff C. 
We will see him in a second as well. Jeez, I got to stop with these. Oh, jokes. nice. I know, nice. right? I know. <laughs> but in the meantime, like I said, like basically, social media marketing world. It's about. But I'm looking at about four weeks away because I've got to be there a few days before everybody else that's attending. So you can still be there. Like Steve said, he's changing his slides now, which I know some people are going to not like. But at the same time, you have to be <laughs> up to date. Like stuff changes so quickly. You have to have the latest, you know, news. So anyway, Jeff C has joined us. Welcome, Jeff C. I don't know why hey, I'm saying it like that. Happy birthday, <laughs> oh, and you know what? Real quick, since we were just talking about social me- media marketing world, I want to say thank you to our friends here. They come and watch the show and that have purchased tickets to social media marketing world because I've just noticed quite a few people lately have been purchasing tickets from watching this show. Mm-hmm. And that means we have lots of friends from this show that are going to be at social media marketing world. And I can't wait to see you. And I think we should have some sort of a meetup for uh, this, this show that this show, all the people yeah. from this show, that would be so awesome. Like get together at, you know, have a drink or something. We, we, well, totally those are, down for yeah, that. those are all the, the, like, you know, the, the bars in the hotels, downstairs you know each night basically or we have jeff and i have experience of having like tons of little mini meetups of like one two three people randomly all the time which is awesome so yeah anyways definitely want to do that and then while we're there we'll do instagram stories segue so jeff (laughs) so jeff what's the story with instagram stories well, first of all, I want to say if you guys woke up this morning and looked at your Instagram feed and like, nobody's talking to me. All my friends are gone. Well, there was an outage last night. So uh, both Facebook and Instagram were affected. And so a lot of people couldn't post. A lot of people couldn't comment. So if you see that this morning, that is what happened. So that's just a little quick thing that happened <laughs> that last night. But the thing we're going to talk about today is these brand new gift stickers or GIF stickers. We'll go with gift today. Yeah. Uh, and it's a pretty cool thing. You know, we, we've, I think we teased this a while back on this show, but now you can add to your stories these gifts by Giffly. And um, it's Giffy. Giffy. And um, there's like, they're saying there's a hundred and hundreds of thousands of ones you can pick. Oh, you geez. can actually search for, you can have the, you see the trending ones. You can, um, you know, search for specific ones. And it's very, very cool. It works like just any, any other sticker. Um, and uh, it's available now for iOS and Android if you have version 29. And you want me to run through how to actually use it, Eric? I yeah, mean, I, it's you know, one, why, honestly, I know why, but why do you think people should be excited about the possibility of using these stickers, although it's going to drive some people nuts? Others, they're going to love it. Right. Well, it's just another way to be creative. And there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. Um it, you, you know, when you, when you create, and this works for both photos and video. So whenever you create a story, you can add, you have this option now. I like it because some of the stickers, it, they were getting old. They were the same ones. There's not a lot of, uh, for me, a lot of selection on there. So this is kind of fun to add some things to it. Um, and it's really easy. You know, once you've captured your, your photo or video, you tap that smiley face uh, icon at the top right of the screen. You tap this new thing called the gift button. And you can go to the trending uh, gifts or you can go to, to um, and do a search by keyword and you can just add it to your post and um, you can have as many as you want. I don't as I haven't seen what the limit is, but you can. Yeah. Do, I would well, stick with the, as few as possible. that there's search means little, there's probably a pretty big, uh, you know, well to fall down to into with these. Right. And then you delete it just like another sticker. You tap and hold it and then a trash can icon will appear and you can drag it down there and get rid of it. So. Um, you can pin these animated gifts. So like if you're panning in a shot on, in a video, it will, you can actually pin these, uh, as well. I tested those and it does work for photo and video. So by pinning, you mean like, I'm not on the person yet, but I'm going to put googly eyes on them. So I right. go ahead to that part of the video, pin them there on him. And then right. they only show up when that person's on screen. Right. It's which is, which so can be pretty head- freaky. And I mean, think of the Halloween stuff that's going to happen with this. And it's oh, like, yeah. You know, anyway. My, you know, my kids will, will use it too. Uh, this, they're doing a lot of kind of fun, creative things. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you haven't checked for a while, they've also done some updates to the actual uh, Super Zoom where you can add uh, different sound effects to that now as well. So they're being more creative and giving you more creative options, which I, which I think is good for the platform. Totally. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the two things here. One, always adding in more creative tools is always helpful when it comes to stories. And then two, um, adding motion. 
even on still mm-hmm. images is a great right. you know addition to the creative toolbox so right uh right. they also announced have fun with these yeah so they also announced something else in this same announcement walk us through that Okay, it's the now you can have resizable video. Now, the animated GIFs has rolled out. So if you have the the new, um, I think 29 is the version that you need for Instagram to get those. Those should be out to everybody. These are still rolling out. They said it's going to be in the coming weeks, this resizable video for stories. And what that means is you don't have to, you can actually put in a landscape um, type of image into your story. And it'll actually pick a gradient that's complementary and put that on there. Uh, if you scroll down to the next image, Kim, we can kind of show what that looks like, but it actually, um, you know, it, it fits in there before we were having to use a third party app, mm-hmm. but it kind of, it lets you take, and so you can have the ent- entire image in there or the entire vi- uh, um, video in there. And you're not having to crop really tight to make it that horizontal aspect ratio. So it's just a great little uh, feature. I think that, um, and you're able to scale it. You're actually drag and drag and scale it. The weird thing is I have it for my personal account, but the social media examiner account doesn't have it yet. So mm. like I said, it's still rolling out. Uh, it's coming to people in the coming weeks is the best they gave us a time. So estimate. so what's the benefit of being able to put landscape video and keep its format inside of an Instagram story, which is a vertical playing field? Well, for one, if you're if you're showing some shots of like for this example, we're seeing a picture of people around a campfire holding uh, getting ready to do s'mores. Well. If you cropped into that, you'd only see two people. This way, mm. you're able to see the entire uh, video. If you're doing a landscape of something like if you're the Grand Canyon, it would be helpful for stuff like that. And it still fits in there, and it's not so garish. It's like us on a white background. It has that gradual gradient to the same colors that are kind of in your picture. So I think it's a good feature. It's optional. That doesn't force you to do it one way or another. You can actually just you know you tap and drag. I mean, uh, you know, your zoom with your two fingers and zoom up the way you want it on uh, stories. Well, and then with that extra space on the top and bottom above and below the video, you can then put stickers or text or, caption, or, whatever, yeah. you, or the swipe up easy to, to go to right. somewhere type stuff is easy to see. So yeah, I think that that could be additional. I mean, again, I know, you know, shoot it in vertical video, put it out on stories is, is one way of doing it, but this is another way. Right. And I think, I think this is a good option for a lot of people out there. Especially if you've already recorded, you've already created the content in landscape and that you want to maintain the integrity of that previous artistic vision, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very cool. Well, if you can fill that space with other stuff, that might actually be an intentional use of Mm -hmm. landscape video because you can get some really creative stuff going on there and use that intentionally. Yeah, especially with the animated stickers, you could actually do a poll. I mean, you can do all this stuff and oh, you have yeah. that space and it, mm-hmm. and it fills out everything. So uh, I, I just, yeah, I mean, so there, we're going to see a lot of creative ways to use this. I like it because sometimes like if you're in a family photo or you have a group shot, like, you know, we'll take a, a big staff picture at Social Media Examiner when we go to the offices. Mm-hmm. Well, we wouldn't be able to share that to stories because it would crop. You know, it, it might crop some people like, you know, Damien, who's really like a giant. He'd be out of it, you know. So this way we yeah. can show everybody in this and uh and still put it to our stories yeah you could do a poll like who has the best beard there you go well, we don't need it we don't we're not doing that, that yeah we could oh. theoretically <laughs> you could do that okay there you go <laughs> oh gosh all right so then there's one other piece of news which uh is kind of still it's a little less confirmed as i thought it was originally but they're still testing it there's still screenshots so uh what is this last piece here well if you thought Instagram's New Year's resolution was to stop copying Snapchat, you'd be wrong <laughs> because uh, they totally stole this from Snapchat. What it is, just like when you take a, uh, a, a when you take a screenshot on Snapchat, that person is notified if you're doing that to their story. Well, Instagram's copying that is doing the same thing. Um, the interesting thing about this is that they're um, able to detect if the, the the user is actually recording like using the new iOS screen recording feature mm-hmm. and give, give, give that warning as well. So um, it, it's, it's able to, it'll notify the people. It's actually going to have a special little icon that'll be next to his name. So you'll know who it is. You know, when you go down, you see who watched your story. Well, they'll have a special little icon for that, that they had taken a, a screenshot or recorded the using their phone screen. And um, so this is going to be, rolling out it's not enabled yet and they say it's going to be um remotely enabled so you'd have to be using a really really old 
version of Instagram to not have this affect you. But um, it's just a, a, a way to, for privacy. I've always like, if I don't want it to be shared, I won't share it on right. Instagram. But this is just so you know, if somebody's like screenshot, like, well, for social media examiner, if we see a bunch of people, uh, the same account always, you know, screen capturing our stuff, we'll be like, what are they using that for? And then mm-hmm. we can go check to make sure that they're using it and sharing it properly and all that. So I think it's a great feature. Um, and it, it's kind of cool because it'll like if you try doing it, because I've done it before just because somebody did something really creative and I wanted to remember it. Um, I've done a screen cap. Well, it'll give you a warning. It'll say, hey, next time you do that, it's going to notify a user. And so it gives you a warning to try to kind of train you. But after that, it's going to notify uh, the user that you had taken that screenshot or had recorded using the uh, screen capture. Next time you do that, we're going to warn them you're stalking you. That's right. You're stalking them. Well, we're tailing on you. Yeah. I wish, you know, like on yeah. posts, like Instagram posts, you can pin and save those posts. Yeah, you can you know, throw you can them in collections. Yeah, I like that because I do that. I mean, I'm like, okay, that's really cool. I want to remember that user. I want to check up on him. So I do that quite a bit. I wish there's a way to do that with stories that I can mm-hmm. say, hey, I want to, you know, but they're, you know, they're 24 hours and I understand that people are throwing up content. They want to go away, but still um, it's, I, I like to, sometimes like if somebody has a really cool motion graphic, it's not that I'm being creepy. I just want to, that was really cool. I want to remember that. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's when you get out your other that. phone and aim it at the screen of the current yeah, phone I, and then, or vice versa, right. get it, well, get your iPad out or I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, when I'm in yes. social media marketing world, when Eric and I are doing this stuff, I'll just take his phone. You know, he'll right. Know. Well, Kim just had that. I mean, Kim just had that idea. Create a create a stalker account and then just use that as your screenshot account. And like, who is this yeah. Jeff's? You know, anyways, there you go. So <laughs> Jeff B. So, yeah, Jeff B. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Jeff B. All right. Jeff stalker. That's good. Tim. Yes. Thanks. So, yeah, man, and and we've already just this year had a number of Instagram. I mean, 2017 was the year of the most consistent, almost every other week, new feature, new change, whatever. When it comes to it was Instagram, the network that had the most changes. I'm still telling you, like within the next month before social media marketing world, watch out. There's still going to be more. So Instagram speakers, heads up. I'm not speaking, but you're not speaking, speaking on, on that. Myself. What are you speaking on? Yeah. I'm speaking about visual marketing for non-designers. So um, if you guys struggle oh. with design, hey, come to my session. But yeah, we've got some great people. T- we've got some great people talking about Instagram. You know, Donna Moritz is one, and, and uh, like Subi Zimmerman and Jen Herman. I mean, we have tons of people who are right on top of this, uh, and there are going to be some great speakers that we'll have there that you want to make sure you go to those sessions because Instagram, it's a change. It, yeah. Yes, it is. I'm still telling you, there's going to be so much. We, for the first time ever, saw just this huge uptick in Instagram content last year at the conference, and it was because of stories. So, yeah, that's yeah, let us know in the be comments this if time. you're going to use stories a lot more when you visit at conferences because we noticed, you know, it kind of flip flops from Twitter to Instagram, Instagram stories. We actually start monitoring it when people, we see everyone starts posting their. Hey, I'm on the plane to San, to San Diego uh, on Instagram and tagging us in there. So it's really cool to see that when here's, it starts. So let us know if you're yeah. going to use that more. In the-, the, the Here's my kid sitting in my suitcase telling me they right. can't pack yet because they don't want me to leave shot. We saw a number of those. Right. So yeah, says well, I think it's great toys. being able to follow hashtags now. This is like perfect timing mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Well, right. that, yeah. In addition, up. but we were getting a ton of, I mean, we got mentions and everything last year. So this year yeah. with following the hashtags. So actually, if you already know, you can't be there by the way, or if you are there, go ahead and already follow on Instagram, no less on Instagram, follow S M M W 18, the hashtag on Instagram to start seeing the posts, start seeing the stories come through on your feed, but also just go search for them, see what people are doing and, and even share to them. If you're getting ready for social media marketing, where we'd love to see you there, Jeff C yeah. other than when you're doing social media marketing world stuff and social media examiner stuff, where can people find you when you're doing your manly Pinterest stuff? I am everywhere on the webs as Jeff C that's S I E H that's I before E, especially in C. And then also at manly We're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. See you guys. Awesome, Jeff. See you later. Bye. All right. So, and by the way, again, you can get your ticket to Social Media Marketing World at smmw18.com. All right. So, 
This one is interesting. This next one, Facebook announced some upcoming changes to Messenger and not necessarily Facebook themselves, but David Marcus, who's head of Messenger, he had a Facebook post and it was like almost just basically a blog post on Facebook. And he started off by talking about some of the milestones that they hit in uh, 2017, but then starts forecasting for 2018 when it comes to some of the changes or possible changes that we're going to see when it comes to Facebook Messenger in the year of 2018. I found this interesting because a lot of what he was talking about was, you know, he said 2017, we saw voice and video chat take off. But in this year, you're going to see them investing in real-time communications, making sure that no matter where you are, you can easily stay connected to your loved ones. And so, they're going to do a lot more when it comes to real-time stuff. Now, what that is going to take shape as, he does not say. However, he does say that uh, also they're going to get way more visual. So he says people will expect to see a super fast intuitive camera, uh, video, images, GIFs, and stickers. And they've also he also touches on that whole Messenger Kids, which we've referred to twice here on the show before. Uh, that's the new thing where it's just for kids and it is uh, it doesn't create a Facebook account, but does require a parent to uh, approve the creation of the account, um, as well as, I believe, um, the addition of any uh, contacts that the kid using the app will be allowed to interact with. So mm-hmm. that's interesting as well. Because one of the other things, <laughs> one of the other things that they said or that he said is that um, they're going to, and, and this is the headline for this section of, of his sharing here. He says, simplify to delight. He says, over the last two years, we've built a lot of capabilities to find the features that continue to set us apart. A lot of them have found their product market fit. However, some haven't. Some of the different shots inside of Facebook Messenger, and it's gotten a little bit crowded, wouldn't you say? I think that's why I didn't put that screen share up is because <laughs> I don't like it. It's, it's right. to me, it's overwhelmed. It's, it's so much. There's so much going on. And that's why I don't use Messenger all that much. It's, there's just, it's kind of clunky. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just too much. And I don't, I like, I like messenger when it was simple and you used it to send messages. And that's why I love WhatsApp. Mm. It does one thing. It sends messages. It does it really well. And it's, it's, it's a one-stop shop and well, no, I guess that's not the right euphemism. It's got some of the other stuff too, but it's well, still, and, but, but it does one thing. It sends messages. Right. Yes. And video. Yeah. yeah. It does video. See, and so he even says here that that while they were racing to build all these new features they've been adding over the past uh, year or two, that the app became too cluttered. So he says to expect yeah. them to invest in massively simplifying and streamlining Messenger this year. To me, that signals they're going to clean away a bunch of these different features or make them right. easier to get to if you use them. But if you don't use them, not be bothered by them. I guess. I don't know. We don't really know what shape that's going to take. It's just, he says, right. expect to see us invest in massively simplifying, simplifying yeah. <laughs> and streamlining Messenger this year. So the one other, go ahead. Well, you know, it's interesting is we both read the same article and, you know, we, we take, we both focused on different aspects sure. of it, I think. And the part that I focused in on is the customer service aspect of this whole messenger yes. overhaul. And that's the part that I was looking at because I am such a huge WhatsApp fan. And later on, we'll be talking about WhatsApp for business and that whole, you know, that's part of our one of our, our mentions today. But he's talking about using Messenger as a business tool and that's something that is a as a customer service tool. And I think that there's real potential there. Um did I just say did I just say using Messenger as a customer service tool? Yeah, you did. Because that's what I meant to say. Well, that's what I meant to yeah. say. I yeah. just you know. I'm on cold medicine, people. <laughs> but that's that I really meant to say that is that using Messenger as a customer service tool is is brilliant. And, I, and they're going to be expanding that 
use case. They're already they've already expanded using um, messenger in ads, a messenger objective that when you're creating ads now, there's an entire objective for using messenger. There's messenger as a you know destination ads, messenger placement ads, and so they're really pushing messenger as a a useful tool for being that link between the customer service, uh, between businesses and consumers. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. I think. Yeah. He even says literally look for creative ways from us, uh, that will evolve messenger as a true customer care channel in 2018. And then he says this, this is clearly where the industry is moving as it not only benefits the growth of the business, but frees up customer care agents to support the business in other more productive ways. Now, I don't think it's more productive ways. Customer care is truly one of the most productive ways you can support your business. However, absolutely using Messenger, you know, it could it could have benefits. And the other thing that then he says is that messaging that messenger as a marketing channel, it's no longer an if but a when. And I think for a lot right. of people out there, that's one of those, yet another one of those signals where, hey, messenger, chat, chat bots even right. is is huge. And people, we, we've been talking about, I mean, how many, how many, how long now have we been talking about bots on this show? I think it's been at least one year, but branching into almost right. two years now. And it's yeah. still just growing, uh, you know, picking up momentum and gaining speed. Well, I, and I think that it's going to continue to do so. Well, I know for sure it's going to continue to do so. And because the, the companies that create the bots for us that, you know, the many chat and, and, um, that's the one that comes to, there's a number of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a number, but they're making it so much easier. The, the fact that there's tools so quickly that make chatbots for us to use on our pages is amazing how quickly they came out. But now that they're making it even easier for us to create these chatbots is is great. But um, pretty soon, can you imagine having being able – I love being able to message a business because I don't like using the phone. And just to be able to just message a business and have my questions answered. And I don't really care if it's a chat bot or a person. I just want the answer. And as long as I get the answer, could care less how it comes. And if I don't have to pick up the phone and go through push five, push seven and wait, wait, mm -hmm. wait, I'm a happy camper. Yep. Yeah. So this is excellent. That's exactly right. Yeah. Chatbots to be able to go into Messenger and just type in, you know, when does my flight leave and have them tell me what versus having to look stuff up or anyways, mm -hmm. we could go on and yeah. on. But uh, yeah. that, you know, we need to make sure you met, you know, that we mentioned we've got a ton of chat and chatbot sessions at Social Media Marketing World. So, oh, yeah, lots, which I know and, you're like, I got to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and oh, I maybe I can't. A keynote. There you go. Who knows? Anyways, uh, so look for great things or look for a lot of big things, or I should say simple things if they're simplifying Messenger. Look for a lot of more simple things or simplified Facebook Messenger here in 2018 as a heads up from the actual guy who heads up Messenger. So yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, next up, Facebook. We've got some found in the wild type stuff. So Facebook is testing a new stories feature for the desktop. And this is interesting to me. So Facebook is testing the option to create and share stories from Facebook on the desktop. But they're not only that, they're testing, moving them to a more prominent placement that's at the top of the news feed instead of in the sidebar. So previously, Facebook users on desktop they would only see the stories that had been created on mobile, but Facebook is hoping to, to attract more monologue style, you know, like vloggers who are accustomed to sitting at their computer and allow them to create stories co type content with their webcam on their laptops or desktops. And a small portion of people will be seeing this, this test, but I'm interested to see, uh, you know, are people going to use stories or are people going to enjoy seeing stories sitting at the top center of their desktop like it is, you know, excuse me, at the top of the mobile app. Like when you first open the mobile app, you've got all those circles at the top there, uh, just like on Instagram with Instagram stories on the desktop. 
they're over to the right up over where, you know, breaking news and all that kind of stuff is or should be, et cetera, depending upon what you've done with your, your desktop. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see, you know, if this helps with Facebook stories at all. I'm telling you what, like as soon as they roll it out to um, as soon as they roll out Facebook stories to pages, like legitimately right now, we've seen it here and there, but not much at all. But the other thing is, is I think people are going to get annoyed by seeing pages, all that, you know, pages that they like sitting up there at the top of their newsfeed. That said, I'd love to see Scout sitting there. So, you know. Wow. What an opportunity for pages, though, especially right. that are having decreased reach. Exactly. It's at a, it's at a kind of interesting time that that would yeah. be coming out, you know? Yeah. I mean, it definitely is going to force pages to be much more creative, but what an opportunity. Right. So we'll see. Ooh. This is a test for now. And uh, as soon as it becomes official, um, we will follow up on it. Of course, we do, you know, often on this show mention things. And then months later, when they actually come out, hey, it's officially here. Here's officially how it here's here's what it looked like then. And here's what it is. Here's what it actually is now that they've rolled it out. So there you go. Right. Next okay. up. OK, so this is what I was alluding to earlier. And um, so WhatsApp has officially announced and rolled out the more than announced it, they rolled out mm-hmm. a WhatsApp business, a new app that will make it easier for companies to connect with customers and more convenient for its 1.3 billion users to chat with businesses wow. that matters to them. 1.3 billion users. That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> so, so you said it's what, a separate app, right? It's a totally separate app. Wow. Um, so it's only for Android right now. Okay. Which is kind of a bummer. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so it's an Android app. It's free and it was built with small business owners in mind with the app. The business can interact with customers by using tools to automate, sort and respond to messages. And you probably can't see this very well, but, um, this is where these at the top right here, it has a business name. And then it, this is where those little badges are going to come in, the different color badges that you can get, whether you're a verified business or uh, you're, you know, we have like the gray badges and the yes. green and those different badges. That's where it's going to come in, what type of business you are. It gives it hours. And this is the um, the, the Facebook link. You, so oh, you have cool. a link to your Facebook page. Very so cool. that's where that integration with Facebook is and type of business. Then you give you a little summary. And so um, you can, you get to have like little quick replies. You can have um, quick replies and you get to have your business profile and you get some limited insights and messaging statistics, but automated messages. So um, if someone messages you, you can have an automated message to greet them, um, let them know about your business, when to expect a response, that type of thing. So I'm sure as this app matures, there's going to be more features and more things that you can do with it. But that's, um, I think that it's really neat, especially in countries that uh, outside of the U.S. that rely really heavily as this as a means of communicating with their customers. So um, they said that WhatsApp said that over 80% of small businesses in India and Brazil say that WhatsApp helps them both communicate with customers and grow their business. So this is a really big deal. I don't think is in the United States as much as outside, Mm -hmm. but um, the app is available today to download on Google Play in Indonesia, Italy, Mexico, UK, and the US, and it's rolling out around the globe in coming weeks. Interesting. I can imagine that the the real draw to be on here is just the fact that there is that there's such a large number of people that are on that app. And it's just yet another place where you want to make sure, you know, again, in this Facebook post Facebook announcement world in regards to what their new focus is going to be on that you want to diversify, right? Well, well, I think what's great about it is if you if you download this app, and you find a business on there, like say, you know, you're in the US and there's a business on there, you know that they're going to be responsive to you. Mm. You're going to get, I mean, this this business obviously cares about communicating with you. They've gone to the 
you know, the trouble of creating their profile and they want to communicate with you. And that says a lot to me. So I, you know, I, I don't have an Android phone, unfortunately, but right. when they come out with an iOS app that, I mean, that, that tells me if I had a business, I would absolutely do it. And I would jump on that bandwagon yeah. to be able to communicate with my customers and prospective customers. Very cool. Next up, uh, this one's interesting. Okay, so Twitter is now using machine learning to crop photo previews. So no, they're not literally using machines to cut your photos. What they're doing is they're using machine learning. They're trying out a new tool powered by machine learning that crops thumbnails within tweets so that it will, by studying the picture, know to crop it and a thumbnail into showing the most interesting parts of the images. And so we've got some examples here. And so there's a there's a person who is taking a picture outside of the plane window, and you can kind of barely see the wing of the plane and some of the horizon, et cetera. But then applying machine learning to it, it gives you this broad, nice, you know, kind of picturesque Here's the wing of the plane stretching out, and then it kind of evenly crops and shows uh, the horizon. It's it's just like it's like if a professional photographer came up to you and said, "No, don't hold it there. Hold it here," and then it, suddenly mm. your picture looked way way better. Another example they yeah. give is there's a kind of there's the quad. Um, kind of where, where you've split a picture. Well, you, well, no, where you have more more than one picture, and it shows up in the space of one picture, but kind of broken out into four different uh, cross sections and it's all different pictures of a cat. Well, in one side, like you barely see their, their hand and another, their heads cut off. And then anyway, so you go to the other one and it's like perfectly cropped. There's the smiling cat face. Here's the one of their, them staring off into the sunset. Here's another one of them, like licking their lips. And this one's them kind of smiling and it just picks it up and properly um, crops it the right way. And does it without having to have you do much of the work. And actually, Ali Kelly, who is uh, head of the Social Media Marketing Society, uh, says that this could be problematic for social media marketers that carefully craft their, so craft their social graphics and don't want them messed with. But the thing is, is sometimes that stuff ends up getting cropped like weirdly by the network or depending upon which uh, device you're looking at it on. So if this is being applied, then you're going to still see the most active uh, part. So they then show some images that show kind of there's some person people standing here with um, some like shoes, and it shows some of the machine learning, like what it's honing in on to see or like, here's, here's a person, here's a sign, here's a, you know, and it's, it shows some of these kind of wavelengths that this um, machine learning is using to be able to crop and improve the consistency of your tweets at a glance. And so it looks that much better. This is this update's already being rolled out to everyone on Twitter.com, iOS and Android. Hopefully this makes your pictures look better overall without having to like crop them ahead of time. But then again, like you said, some people are going to be very picky and crop them beforehand. So we'll see how this plays out. I'm going to probably test this a little bit once I have it. So we'll see. Yeah, no, that's cool. Okay. So up next, so this is um, this is kind of interesting. Facebook has come up, come out with something called um, Test and Learn Tool, and it's in the Business Manager, and it's under Measure and Report section of the Business Manager. And it's a new tool that allows admins to easily create advertising tests that helps them find the strategies that work best for their business. And there's two different tools. And, um, one of them is, and first let me say that this was, this was found by Matt Navarro, but it's actually been written about already by John Loomer, who's always, you know, the first to mention it. So it's been, it's been out there for a little bit, but it was just kind of quietly rolled out by Facebook and not very many people yeah, really noticed. There's, there's not been an official rollout here, right? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't something that they really talked about much, yeah. but it's just quietly just set out there weird and so so what's it what's the breakdown here what can this thing do yeah so right now and i'm sure that there's going to be more tests and tool 
tools added to these or tests added to this tool. But right now, there's two different tests that you can run. One is called the campaign comparison test, and it allows you to compare two different campaigns to determine which results in the lower cost, in the lowest cost conversions. So, um, when you're running the campaign comparisons test, you should be comparing two very similar campaigns that are different in just one specific way. Like they have a different creative or a different objective or optimization or placement, et cetera. And what's important to keep in mind is that you'd think you could say, well, I don't really need this test because I can just look at my cost per conversion in the ad report and I can tell you which campaign did better, but that's not really true. And so because in one count, if one campaign is resulting in more conversion lift than the other, it could actually provide really important insights into what the creative, how the creative affected that campaign or how the objective did, whatever. So, and not just for that campaign. So this, the campaign comparison test gives you more in-depth information as to why that particular aspect of the campaign resulted in the results that it gave you. Okay. And the other test that you can run is called the account test. And it helps you uncover how much your ad accounts lift sales for your business. So what it's telling you is how much did running ads actually improve your business goals? Did running ads actually help you reach your goals versus not running ads. Right. Okay. So it can help you understand the overall health of your advertising. So, you know, yeah, your ads are leading to sales, but would those sales have happened without your ads? What's the overall ad lift? Um, so if you determine your lift or your return on ad spend aren't acceptable, you should be able to test individual campaigns against one another to help improve your results. So this test helps you figure out if your advertising is really doing what it should be doing and if it's healthy for your business. Very cool. So um, I know I'm there's sure a bunch. The Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I'm sure they're going to come out with more tests in the future, but this is pretty, I can't actually wait to play around with this and with our ads account and yeah. see. Um, well, they want you to know that your ads are successful so that you do more ads, right? I mean, it, basically, that's what exactly. it comes down to, right? Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Especially so. that second one, the, the account test. They're, you know, I want you to say, yes, you're getting amazing lift from running ads with <laughs> Facebook. So, yeah. And then um, the um, second. One second. We'll, I know we've got a bunch more, so let's keep going, but we'll need to move a little bit quicker to get through everything. So let's do that. Okay. okay, okay. Cool. Speed it up. Yes. Got it. Okay. So second one, Facebook Boosted Posts now asks your goals. And um, so when you go to boost a post now, it's um, some people have found that it's asking, you know, what is your goal with this boost? Do you want to get likes, comments, shares, or do you want to engage and chat with potential customers? Or another person actually had different, where's picture, um, had different questions um, they said, do you want to get website visits? Do you want to get engagement, you know, likes, comments, shares, or do you want to get people to engage, send messages? So, um, when you're boosting your post, you could now be asked your, your end goal when boosting the post and Facebook is going to optimize that boost for your end goal. And by doing that, Facebook is going to show your, your boosted post to different subset of people. That's what Facebook is asking you that question for so they can know who to show that post to. Gotcha. And the third wild here is Facebook has rolled out two new ads manager reporting options. And this is actually, this really isn't all that new, though it could be new for you. Um, we've had it for a really long time. Um, so the two new reporting features in ads manager they are date comparison, which means you can compare your results from two different date ranges in Ads Manager and the ability to see creative performance across all of your ad sets at once with creative reporting. You can compare your ad sets against two different date ranges or you can see how your ads how your ads are doing with one creative report reporting. So you can see how one piece of creative is 
is doing against a whole set of different ads. So there you have it. Very cool. Um, <clears throat> Facebook has actually started training consumers on those newsfeed changes that they uh, that we talked about here last week, as well as mentioned briefly the week before. Uh, there is a landing page where you can go to that. We will provide that for you. But what they're doing is, is they're um, making it very clear that they are making some updates so that you see more from friends and family. And uh, there are there's a video in there that actually the video is pretty good. Once you get past some of the talking head stuff, there is a really good like explanation with movement and on the, you know, made up Facebook page stuff. And as far as showing you the effects and there's even a bulleted list there, uh, which I am going to say, by the way, um, post that they say that they say this posts that you might see first include a friend or family member commenting on or liking another person's photo or status update, which for me, not exactly something I want to see. I don't need to see somebody I don't know's photo that a friend of mine is tagged in, but whatever uh, a person reacting to a post from a publisher that a friend has shared. Interesting. Multiple people say multiple people replying to each other's comments on a video they watched or an article they read in newsfeed. So, again, there's that multiple people replying to each other's comments on. And here's the interesting part where they said we we're going to see less video. It says on a video they watched or an article they read in newsfeed. So take with that what you will. Uh but we've got the link and we'll drop that in and you'll be able to listen to that either in the show notes for this episode over on socialmediaexaminer.com or um, wherever you're wherever you're consuming this content live. Uh, one other cool thing in the wild that was found is this Facebook quiet mode. This is interesting and it took me a while to figure it out. But once we did, I understood it. And so it's not I think it's improperly named. It's called quiet mode. But what it really does what it really does well even is when you tap that on mobile, it quiets the comments and reactions on a video that you're watching, especially a live video. So you could go back and watch, like, for example, this video right here, this show on Facebook, and you don't want to see everybody else's comments or reactions. You just want to be able to focus and pay attention to the content. And so that's what the, quote, quiet mode does. I would have called it like focus mode or screening mode or something like that. But again, you know, so that's why it took forever for me to get it figured out. Is like it's calling it quiet mode, but I still hear the idiot, the audio of the um, video playing. So anyway, and this was discovered by uh, Matt Navarro while he was watching our show, apparently. So there you go. Okay. So the next one is <clears throat> list posts. Facebook has, <laughs> or this is found in the wild, but new list posts where you can make a list in a post. And it apparently you can make a list, either a numerical list or just a bullet post list. And you can choose the color of the background. And I don't know how many items you can add to the list, but apparently more than 10. And so I actually think this is really cool that you can, you know, your uh, New Year's resolutions, your bucket list, whatever you want to make a, a list of us. A recipe, step-by-step yeah. directions. So, this is going to um, yeah. drive people nuts that hate those background, colored backgrounds with text on uh, them. I think they're. I so, think it's cool. Neater, yeah. neater. We'll see. So, yeah. So yeah. Uh, next up, Snapchat's adding the ability to share select stories from beyond the app. Snapchat's adding this ability for three types of stories for people, so that people without the app can see those stories. This includes official stories from verified accounts. Our stories, which are the hand curated stories from specific events and search stories, which are the public user generated stories that are found when you're searching keywords. And these will all be able to be viewed through a new web player on Snapchat.com. Other another piece of Snapchat news, Snapchat is courting publishers in response to the Facebook news feed changes. They're working to get more publishers included in their discover uh, tab in their discover publishers there. So, and then our last piece of news, talk to us about LinkedIn. Okay. So we talked about this last week that LinkedIn is going to be reintegrating the groups back into the core LinkedIn experience. And 
sunsetting its standalone iOS app for groups. Well, in a follow-up email, LinkedIn has notified group admins and moderators that they will start getting real-time alerts for social activities on group posts, including likes, comments, app mentions, and for membership activities like group invitations within the notifications tab on LinkedIn website and mobile apps. And also that you can you can update your notification preferences by visiting the communications tab in settings and settings and privacy if you want to opt out of receiving those or awesome. change your preferences. Awesome. And that is our show. I'd love to say special thanks to Jeff C for handling our simulcasts, Grace Duffy, our show producer, and happy birthday to Kim Reynolds, my co-host. And check out our weekly show calendar by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. Grab this as an audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. New episodes drop every Monday. Make sure to get your your ticket to Social Media Marketing World. If it's too close for you to book, uh, you know, get that permission to go from your boss or if you are your own boss and you just know it's not in the cards, still grab the virtual ticket. You can do that at smmw18.com. If you're on Facebook watching this or, or anywhere, frankly, just hit share and subscribe to this. Our next show is going to be next week, Friday, February 2nd, 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. And with that, I want to say thank you to everyone for watching, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for the birthday wishes. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more Social Media Insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.